What's up, everyone? Before the start of this episode, which is recorded prior to this, um, I know I mentioned in the episode a couple of things, so I just wanted to quickly go over them. One, this episode is extremely explicit. I swear a lot. I'm sorry. Mom, I'm sorry. But uh, I felt it was necessary to get my point across. So I do swear a lot in this episode. So if you are against that, I understand completely. Just skip over this episode. But I do implore you to listen because of what I say in this episode and maybe you make your decision that it's not worth the swearing let me know number two is i mentioned a couple of donations that i've been doing that i think people should be donating to or or find that charity so i I do implore you to find the charity that you do think is most deserving of your money as long as you are donating to a good cause um so for me i donated to the colin kaepernick know your rights camp it's a uh, i'll read just a quick description it's the know your rights camp is a free campaign funded by colin kaepernick to raise awareness on higher education self-empowerment and instructions on how to properly interact with law enforcement in various scenarios uh, another one that i donated to was the ahmaud arbery fund let me see what it's actually called i just googled it okay yeah so i run with mod you can donate there um and that way you can help find justice for mod arbery i've also donated to the justice for brianna taylor fund both of these and also the next one are all funds for the victims and the george floyd memorial fund all of these things are places that you can donate to that will help with the actual victims families which will help with funding their both their funerals and also finding them justice Another nonprofit that I did donate to via a stream that I watched this over this last weekend, a streamer named Spooner that I met online, and that'll probably be another story, but he used his platform and was donating to the Color of Change Fund, which is a nonprofit organization. Um, I'll read a quick note from them. We design campaigns powerful enough to end practices that unfairly hold black people back and champion solutions that move us all forward until justice is real. So these are the couple of donations that I made. So I hopefully if those don't excite you, if those aren't right for you, please go ahead and Google, like I said earlier, Google them, find something to donate to. And then that way we can keep this conversation going and we can find justice and we can change society. So thank you for listening to this episode. Hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, like I said, if you're not into swearing, I apologize, but please do think about giving this episode a listen. Thank you very much and have a good week. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Bacon on Everything podcast. I'm your host, as always, Blaine Costas, and this week is going to be a tough one. Um, I want to start off with a couple of things, but to introduce what this topic is going to be about, and I'm sure you guys already know, this week I'm going to be talking about Black Lives and Black Lives Matter and policing against black people and racism against black people that happens all over the world but over the last couple weeks we've really seen it hit a peak in uh, north america slash america two things i want to say before we start this podcast is number one um i want to say a couple of names names that cannot be forgotten names that we need to remember in a time like this names that we need to remember for the rest of time because these are the names of victims of crimes that some most have gone unanswered 
crimes against not just black people but humanity and the idea that some of these crimes have not been answered for is outrageous but at the same time these are the names of the fallen and we'll definitely touch base on something later on about these names and some of these people but i just wanted to say the names of these people at the beginning of this podcast so that we understand where this is coming from george floyd brianna taylor eric gardner tamir rice sandra bland trayvon martin ahmaud arbery mike brown freddie gray and philandro castile now black lives matter and they always should and they will always matter and we'll talk a little bit after about different things but my number two is that anybody who's saying all lives matter or blue lives matter or anything that is a protest to the protest that is happening right now in this world i want you to turn this off i don't need you i don't want you and frankly fuck you i don't need your support I don't need to hear you at this time. Um, Anybody who thinks that there are two sides to the story of racism in the world, in America, uh, police killings, police brutality, anybody who thinks that there's another side to the story that we have to listen to, that there's another option or a but, or you need to see it like this, fuck you. Now, I want to say something, and this is going to be far more controversial than what I just said, but in my personal opinion and experience racism doesn't just live in america there's racism all over the world we need to accept that we need to accept that racism is something that lives and breathes in every corner of the world there's different ways there's different people that people are racist to but the common denominator is there is racism in the world mostly against black people We need to accept that. We need to see how we can grow from that, how we can unlearn and learn things in the society that will make sure that this doesn't happen, that black people don't get murdered in the streets by police officers that are sworn to protect, that are sworn to keep the society safe, that are sworn to be members of the society and to ensure the safety of everybody. We need to accept that there's racism in every corner of the globe and that is something that we as people need to work on. This isn't a political issue, and I'm sick and tired of people saying that it's a political issue. This has nothing to do with politics. This has nothing to do with your side versus my side. This has to deal with humanity. For years and years and years, black people have been oppressed. Black people have been put into systemic racism. They have been levied every single tax against them. They have been people that have fought in wars. I posted a video on my Instagram about a week ago with a actor named Jesse Williams, and when he accepted his BET, spe- BET award, he had a speech, and a lot of what I just said are parts of what he said, and I take his, he takes full credit for that statement and the fact that the black people have done nothing but try to be members of society. Whether it be criminals who have paid their time, just like they're saying that George Floyd deserved to die because he was a criminal, and that black people like to make martyrs out of their own criminals and their worst of the worst, fuck you, for one. And two, that is not true. The President of the United States is a goddamn criminal. The, f- the runner-up of the United States President of president of the united states is also a criminal yet for some reason when people hear that there's a black man that has been murdered that there's a black man who had an issue with the police when there's a black man who has had all his rights stripped from him 
who had no chance to survive in a situation with four police officers whether it be police officers shooting tamir rice in a park because he was a child with a bb gun versus george floyd being murdered by police after using a quote-unquote counterfeit bill whether it's trayvon martin walking through his neighborhood with a hoodie and a bag of skittles in his hand or ahmaud arbery who's just running through his goddamn neighborhood and was hunted down like a freaking animal it does not matter what these people have been through, what they have done, and none of those reasons are reasons enough to be murdered. So now that we're all on the same page with murder is bad, and these people were strictly murdered because of the color of their skin, which if you think it's for any other reason, then you're absolutely insane. But these men, these women, they were all murdered because of the color of their skin, or because of police officers not being able to do quick judgment, which is their goddamn job. They decide that, oh, a police officer who's in a situation where he feels threatened has license to kill. But now that we're on the same page that none of this is acceptable and there are no problems with the fact that police officers should be charged with murder if they murder, I want to talk about a couple of other things. So the fact that social media has gone into this whole, I don't know, tirade about the fact that riots are bad and that protests that are peaceful are okay but once they start rioting or once people start looting then it's a bad thing i want to start off here by saying that while i don't condone necessarily violence if it gets to the point of violence because we have peacefully protested and nobody has listened then violence is the is the voice of the unheard i believe is the quote from martin luther king and i'll double check that but in 2016 in a preseason game colin kaepernick decided to kneel sorry he decided to sit at first during the playing of the national anthem after a couple of games he then started to kneel and all of this caused huge uproar in not only the football community but sports and news in general colin kaepernick knelt he knelt, he didn't punch somebody in the face, he didn't burn down a building. As a matter of fact, he actually donated millions and millions of dollars in what his protest was about, and that was the black lives being murdered by police. Now, for Colin Kaepernick, he did come out later and say that he had friends that are in police and forces and, and that he doesn't believe that all police are bad. But what he does believe is that there are too many consequences, and I'm paraphrasing there are too many consequences there's too many police officers that are quote-unquote gone rogue and they normally end up with the lives of black people being taken from them now that was in 2016 at this point we had many police brutality cases and many police killing or murder cases we had many from 2016 until now and now we're getting the black lives matter movement protests throughout the whole world there are protests that are happening in canada in the uk in the states new zealand all over the world there are protests happening but this is the thing is that for years and years and years things have gone on both under the radar and in the news and things that we have seen when it comes to the murder of black people and when it comes to things like systemic racism, which essentially is the fact that black people have never been given the opportunity to become what their peers have been able to. Um, 
if you haven't heard about you should look up the burning of tulsa which i'll be honest i thought was fictitious until i read up about it i saw it in a tv show and thought that there's no way that this could have possibly happened and when i read up about it and i understood what had actually happened it is incredible that people can still blank face say that racism doesn't exist in this world so i wanted to touch base on the idea that the rioting and the looting is not american quote unquote or it's offensive or it's not gonna get our our message across or that it's it's not okay to be doing these kind of things and i'd like to over the last couple of weeks I've, I've posted a couple of pictures of the boston tea party i'd like to remind everybody of what the boston tea party was and i'd like everybody to take a second and think about what the country of america and to an extent what canada is founded upon the boston tea party was a political and mercantile i think i said that word right protest by the Sons of Liberty in Boston, Massachusetts on December 16, 1773. The target was the Tea Act of May 10, 1773, which allowed the British East India, India Company to sell tea from China in American colonies without paying taxes, apart, of, apart from those imposed by the Townsend Acts. Uh, I'm reading this from Wikipedia, so I'm going to go ahead and go on about how it was the tea party was the culmination of resistance movement through british america against the tea act which had been passed by british parliament in 1773. i want to again highlight the fact that the american patriots strongly opposed the taxes period boston tea party was a violent protest a t protest that happened back in 1773 which then led on to the independence of america and and how they had a revolution and all of this happened because of a protest all of this happened because of damage of property all of this happened and many other i guess protests slash revolutions slash whatever you want to call it happened because they decided to be violent they decided to wage war against Britain. So America is not only founded on the idea of revolution, which is uh, in part a protest and violence, but it's also predicated on the idea of racism and slavery. And that's how America has become what it has today. I want to remind you that the American Revolution led to 25,000 to 70,000 total dead on the side of America and 43,633 total dead on the side of Great Britain. Now because it, I think it's fair to assume that most of the dead from the Black Lives Matter protests have been murdered by police or by means of police or police brutality, those numbers we'll never be able to see and if we do they'll be so far in the future that we won't really think about it. But that goes to show you what Americans are willing to fight for, what they're willing to die for, and how it never actually ends up to be black people. Now, I think it'd be an injustice for me to sort of pick and choose articles or pick and choose moments in time or whatever from my perspective without giving you my perspective. So I think it's important that I explain that. I am a Canadian citizen who was born in Canada uh, both of my parents immigrated from Zimbabwe, and all of my siblings, I have two twin brothers, a sister, who are all older than me, were born in Zimbabwe. My sister is married to a man of African-American 
descent. I mean, he's also African American, but they have kids together. They have one son and three daughters, um, and we're black. All of us are black. We are African Americans by look, by nature, by culture. We are black people. And if I was to tell you that there have been multiple situations with my family and the police, whether it be warranted or not, I I think it would be a disservice for me to not tell you that people in my family, including myself, have had run-ins with the police. But I'm not trying to do some sort of grief hierarchy. I'm not trying to tell you that my life is so much worse than the people in America. I'm not trying to tell you that my life is worse than any black person on the planet. I'm extremely privileged to have a good job, a good life, a well put together situation, and I can't complain about that. But what I can tell you is that since the moment I was born and still to today, I have been told to act a certain way to avoid being murdered. I've been told to drive without my hood on. I have been told to make sure that my music wasn't too loud. When I used to smoke, I was told not to smoke while driving because a cop could think that you're smoking weed and pull you over and that would be the end of your life. I've been told not to be outside when it's dark, not for fear of being attacked by other people, but be for fear of being attacked by whether it be police or, or neighbors that think that I'm some sort of a threat. I'm a 5'8", 5'9", 170-pound African-American who is a threat in any situation that I walk into. I, not because I'm physically intimidating, not because I'm stronger or taller or faster than the next guy, but because any time that I walk into a situation, there are people that fear that I will act irrationally. They will fear that I would pull a gun out of my pocket or take somebody's purse. The amount of times that I've been in an elevator with a woman and she clutches her purse because she's afraid that, you know what, yeah, I am going to rob you in the middle of this elevator with many a cameras as if I need to. The amount of times I've been told to cut my hair because when it grows long, it doesn't quite look very professional. You see, the thing is about racism is that it comes in many shapes and sizes. Sometimes it shows itself as a police officer murdering black people. Sometimes it comes up as the job that you didn't get. Sometimes it comes up, people ask you, what are you mixed with? You can't be just black because you're lighter skinned or you speak very well. So what are you? You see, racism comes in many different forms. And a lot of the time, people don't take the time to understand what happens. And to be frank with you, I'm sick and tired of it. And I'm tired of, of the idea of having a son or a daughter one day and having to tell them that, hey, life's not going to be easy for you. I'm sick and tired of the idea that my son may get dragged through the streets, murdered by police officers just because of the color of his skin. I'm sick and tired of, of asking for black lives to just matter, you know? I'm sick and tired of, of us having to keep our hands in our pocket or, or be afraid that if your hands are in your pocket when you're at the store, even if you walked in with your hands in your pocket, that there's a chance that that store owner might think, this guy just put something in his pocket, let me call the police, and that could lead to whatever it was. You know, Amy Cooper, the lady who called the cops on Shin Cooper, no relation obviously, um, was a Canadian. 
She was a Canadian who graduated from Waterloo. She was a Canadian that was taught at some point in her life that if she just said African-American on the phone to police, that they would arrive and they would either harass the man or that that would be used as a fear tactic to him that would scare him away from telling her to do the right thing. I just want to take a moment to just think about the fact that it's common knowledge that police officers will harm and harass black people so much that it's considered a threat. That it's considered a threat. You can say, I'm going to call the cops on you because you're African American, so you better back off. To, to know that, and to know that while being a Canadian, is, is evidence to prove that racism isn't just American. It's not just in American cops, and it's not just in America. It's all over the world, and it's systemic. There's there's places in Baltimore. I, I learned this from a Joe Rogan's podcast episode where he talked to a former police constable or sergeant in Baltimore. And he said that there's places in Baltimore where no matter how rich you are as an African-American, you can never buy a house in that neighborhood because it's written in the deed. In the deed, it is written that black people cannot buy these houses. And, and whether the court will hold that or not is another argument. But at the same time, there's resistance in the writing of houses that stop black people from growing out of the neighborhoods that they have been placed in due to segregation and due to funding of their schools and funding of their communities that stop them from, even if they make it out of it, even if they make it out of the, the worst ghetto in America, there's still a issue underlying that stops them from being able to be considered a regular human being and buy a house buy clothes buy anything because at the end of the day they're just seen as another african-american I've, I've spent the last two weeks um crying and and not knowing what to do i've i've thought about whether donations will help whether talking about it will help, whether there's any hope at all. The hope doesn't lie in me anymore to think that there will be change. I see what's happening in the world. I see what's happening in America and all over with these protests. And it doesn't just stop there. You know, when George Floyd's murderers, the police officers that murdered him were arrested, I was so happy and I was so joyful and then a little bit of fear came over me. A little bit of fear came over me that made me think, people will think, okay, you guys got your justice. Now go back into your homes. Go back into your houses and stay off of the streets. Stop protesting. But I think the idea that we have, can see in the news, we can see it all over the world, where these protests are being met with resistance from the system that they that they helped fund, that they helped build, I think that in itself shows you how deep-rooted this problem is and how hard we have to fight to fix it. I think there's a lot. There's a lot that you can dive into the rabbit hole and, and learn and understand and, and teach. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities for the black community to grow and to become more stable, more put together, better for all. But there's something about right now in this moment and where we're headed or what it looks like there's something about this that's so crucial that this very moment in time will be the defining moment of the next 400 years 
of African Americans. You see, because for the first time in in history, everybody is standing against it, and anybody who's not standing against it is standing is not standing against it for their own reasons. But they are in the minority. There, there's nothing to say on the other side. There's no argument. There's no other buts. Like I said at the beginning of this, there's nothing else to show that things aren't how they should be. Right now in America, black people are being murdered at an ungodly rate versus their counterparts in the white and the Latino and any other minority community. In the world, African Americans don't make up as much of a population as, as would be assumed when it comes to the murder rate of African Americans. But right now is the time for things to change. There's plenty of protests going on. There's plenty of donations in places that you can donate to help fund both Black Lives Matter and even helping people get out of prison that are being arrested unjustly when it comes to these protests or even before that. I think my main issue with police and the reason why I will never stand beside them, I'm sorry, but I won't ever be a person who believes that the police are here to save or protect because they never have for me they never have and and you can say all oh, blame but you live in nice neighborhoods and they're only that way because of the police they've never protected me they never have and they never will but at the end of the day my thing against the police is that you're taught to never go against each other you know it's called the blue line where police officers will watch another police officer do something horrific and they'll never stand against them they'll never they'll never say hey stop that because if once they cross the blue line there's way more issues that they will have to face than if they just sat there and acknowledged what happened and move on with their lives us as black people we don't get that opportunity I can't watch a black man die by the hands of a police officer and think hmm it's better if I don't say anything because it's not because next week it's going to be me or the week after it's going to be my dad or my brothers or my sister or my brother-in-law or my nephew or my cousin or somebody that i love i don't get the opportunity to say you know what it's better for me not to do anything i don't get the opportunity to say you know life is what it is and we just got to live with it because at the end of the day after they're done with me they're going to come for everybody else after they're done with the blacks, they're going to go for everybody else. And that's just life. And that's history. And that's things that we know. And we've seen it happen before. And right now is a defining moment in which we can take back the power. Where we can stand and say that we will not deal with this anymore. So for everybody who says, oh, I, I, I don't want to have that conversation because it's uncomfortable. I don't want to have that conversation. You know, I, I stand with you so I can't be racist. I, I stand with you and I don't see color. At the end of the day, it's not about not seeing color. It's about seeing what's right in front of you and what's seen about what it is that you can do, what you can do to help. And by helping, you're making the world better for not only me, but for everybody. I have friends that are cops. I have friends that have tried to be cops, that have wanted to be cops. I've also gone to high school with a whole bunch of people who were terrible people in high school and are now cops. You see, my thing about police officers and my thing about the system in general is that it's not made to protect me it's only made to protect certain people and certain 
class of people and it's not made to protect me it's made to protect others from me no matter what i do no matter what i've done no matter the job that i have or the car that i drive no matter what i do i will always be a black man and in that i will always be a threat i'll be a threat to society in the eyes of a police officer i'll be the threat to the people that he's trying to protect or she is trying to protect and at the end of the day they need to defuse the threat in whatever way they need to whether it be strangling me on the side of the road for selling single cigarettes or for using a alleged counterfeit bill whether it be me as a child or my kid standing in a park with a bb gun and him being shot dead by two police officers who decided to do a drive-by on a child no matter what it is i will always be a threat and the people around me will always be threats because we're not seeing the same because we're not given the same opportunities because at the end of the day a drug dealer off the streets is a drug dealer off the streets and it's a better day for everybody else except for them you see people will try to tell you that no matter what police officers are out there to do a good job and to serve and protect those same people will never have the cops called on them because they have a bag of skittles and they're wearing a hoodie what i am happy about what i love is that the conversation is happening there are people out there that I will honestly say I have never thought that the conversation would be coming from them and coming from their platform and then from their social media. And I'm so, so happy and so proud that people are willing to stand up for what is wrong. There are people out there that are risking millions of followers. There are people that are risking millions of dollars to stand for something. There are also people out there that are standing for this because of the publicity that would be brought upon them if they didn't and i think that that needs to be commended more than the fact that they're standing for it and my example for this is the nfl the nfl has stood and has made statements saying that they are against racism and the treatment of black people in the society today and while that is fine and dandy you need to also understand that their statement was made after the fact that a lot of players stood out, risked millions of dollars on their contracts, risked never working again because the culture that they built in the NFL and in other country companies, sorry, is that if you stand out against, against this kind of injustice, you will lose your job, you will lose your platform, and you will lose millions of dollars. So while we commend the NFL and other people for making statements and making donations, we need to understand that this is also an important time to hold people accountable for speaking their truths. So at the end of the day, if the NFL doesn't want to come out immediately and make a statement, or if they don't want to give Colin Kaepernick his job back or say that they were wrong in firing him because he stood for something, we have to hold them accountable to that. We have to vote with our wallets and we have to make sure that at the end of the day, our peaceful protests are heard to avoid violent ones. This is also a time to hold our people accountable and to make sure that people understand that it is time to stand. That they know that right now, that this moment in history is one that will be remembered for years and generations and generations to come. And we want to be on the right side of history because that is the right side of humanity. I want to thank you all for listening right now. I want to thank you all for the support that you've given me and that I know that you have given other donations and other petitions. I want you to go and 
donate to black lives matter and i know that i shouldn't be asking for money but i'm asking you to donate to a good cause black lives matter um, the colin kaepernick fund i just want you to i implore you to help i'm asking you from the bottom of my heart to help to help me to help people who look like me to help people who have been faced with more struggles than me because of the system i implore you to vote not only with just your wallet but also vote for the people that we are putting in power to ensure that they stand for things like this it's a crucial time and i cannot express that enough it is a crucial time in history in which we have to make a change we have to change the society we have to change the systems and we have to put in the time and money that it will take to save the black people around the world now i'm asking you all of these things i'm asking you to do these things and to not wait until it is me to not wait until it is me that is murdered in the streets to not wait until it is someone that you love someone that you know to to die in these streets to cops or to racism i ask that it is time for you to stand up for something that is so important before it is me before it is your neighbor before it is your friend or the person who works at the convenience store or the person that you go and you run past before it is somebody that you don't even know next that happens because it will happen again it will happen again and we have to have to have to have to stop it there's no other choice there's no other side black lives matter and not saying that no other lives matter but right now we are asking you for your help we have been hurting we have been damaged we have been injured for so long and we are asking for your help again i'd like to thank you for listening and i'd like to thank you for the work that i know that you will do I hope you have a good rest of your day, rest of your evening. I hope you enjoy and love life. And I hope that you acknowledge that this is a time in history that we can change things. Thank you.